Coming at you from historic King of Prussia, PA, this is the Matt Ward History Experience. My name's Matt Ward, and I'll be your tour guide today. This month's episode of the Matt Ward History Experience features a Let's Talk History segment recorded on location at the New Jersey Boxing Hall of Fame in Lodi, New Jersey. The episode also includes an upcoming event segment in which I will tell you about some exciting history events coming up in the great state of New Jersey. The Matt Ward History Experience is brought to you by Dystrophy. Check out their new album, Wretched Host. Wretched Host is available for purchase and download at dystrophyband.com. Again, that's dystrophyband.com. The link to Dystrophy's website is also available on my blog. We're going to start off the second episode of the Matt Ward History Experience with a Let's Talk History segment in Lodi, New Jersey. This month's interview is with the New Jersey Boxing Hall of Fame president and historian, Henry Haskup. We went on location to the New Jersey Boxing Hall of Fame for this interview. During this interview, we were able to not only discuss the New Jersey Boxing Hall of Fame, but also the history of boxing. Without further delay, here it is. Let's talk history. Please introduce yourself to my listeners. Okay, my name is Henry Haskup. I'm the current president of the New Jersey Boxing Hall of Fame in Diamond Gloves and New Jersey Association of USA Boxing, among other things. What got you interested in the sport of boxing? Well, when I was a kid, um, I just got out of a foster home and uh, I came to live with my real parents again. And my father, my, he was an older gentleman, he was born in like 1896, and he was very interested in two sports, baseball and boxing. And he really got me into to both of them as far as uh, history and everything goes. And then I really got into boxing even more so when I started picking up magazines like The Ring and uh, Boxing Illustrated, and I got into the history of it. How long have you been involved with the New Jersey Boxing Hall of Fame? Well, I first started back in the late 1970s. I became president about 30 years ago, and I've been a historian in geez, about 35 years, if not longer. And what year was the New Jersey Boxing Hall of Fame founded? In 1968, by a guy by the name of, um, man, yeah, <laughs> I forgot the guy's name. <laughs> oh, Adrian Bailey. That's yeah. right, Adrian Bailey. He was, he was down, um, down South Jersey. He's the one, him and Scoop Galello were actually the ones that uh, founded it. But a, Adrian Bailey gets the credit. What are the requirements to be inducted in the New Jersey Boxing Hall of Fame? Well, it's like any other Hall of Fame. You have to have some kind of um, contribute to boxing. As a boxer, you know, you had to fight some main events. Um, you know, of course, as the time has gone along, New Jersey is not the biggest state in the world. So there's not as many boxers out of the, out of the state as, say, New York is. So we reach out to uh, the surrounding states like Pennsylvania and New York also. So if anybody fought a significant amount of times in New Jersey, you know, they can put, be put on the ballot. Now if they're newspaper writers or uh, trainers or referees or, or judges, if they did a significant amount of bouts in the state of New Jersey and really from New Jersey, um, you know, we can uh, consider them for the Hall of Fame. I have a committee. Uh, I don't do the vote. I, I used to vote, and I said, you know, it's better 
I vote on the international, I vote on Las Vegas, and I'll vote on New York State. So I said, I get all the information for the people, and I, we go alphabetically through the list and have them, the people, the boxing people in New Jersey, vote on it. Who was inducted in the first class of the New Jersey Boxing Hall of Fame? Well, the big, biggest name, I guess you would probably say, is Mickey Walker. You know, he, he was uh, the epitome of uh, New Jersey. Like, he was, you know, welterweight champion, middleweight champion, the four for the light heavyweight title, and he's the only welterweight champion ever to be rated in the top ten in the heavyweight division. You know, another guy was Joe Burrell. Joe Burrell, uh, he fought Harry Greb. I, I met him, actually, you know, and when I first started with the veteran boxing organizations. And, uh, you know, there, there are two of them that were in there, like Joe Jeanette. He's uh, one of the best uh, black fighters back around the Jack Johnson era. You know, guys like that went into our Hall of Fame. Please tell my listeners about the annual New Jersey Boxing Hall of Fame banquet. Well, we have one every year around November. In fact, we try to make it the second uh, Thursday in November. And this year we have a whole whole mess of uh, individuals like John Brown. Uh, he was a he was a terrific boxer out of Atlantic City. Then uh, Valentin Contreras. He was a trainer and a Puerto Rican um, promoter. George Hill was a judge. Uh, Bill Johnson. He's a trainer. His uh, son lost his life in the ring. Lavander Johnson. We have Andre Cut, who's a promoter. He does a lot of promoting around. Uh, uh, New Jersey, Pennsylvania area, and uh, he keeps the sport alive around here. Uh, Curtis Parker, who fought many bouts in Atlantic City, that's why he's being, um, he was considered and he got in unanimously. Uh, Daryl Peoples, he's the head of the IBF. Uh, Mark Taffet, he's with HBO. And of course, people laugh, but Donald Trump, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, but he was, uh, he did a lot for boxing back in the 80s. I mean, they had like a 150 shows back in the middle of the 80s and um, he was one of the, the main reasons. Of course, Mickey Ward, you know, everybody knows him with the Torregatti fight. And uh, Dave Weinberg, he's a, a newspaper writer, boxing writer at Atlantic City. And then you got Bowie Fisher, Kevin Smith, and Harry Wiley. Bowie Fisher, of course, is a trainer. Uh, Kevin Smith is, uh, you know, was a boxer that uh, it was um, his life was cut short very early in his career. He fought a draw against uh, Mike Quarry, then uh, Harry Wiley. You know, people maybe don't know the name of Harry Wiley, but he was the main trainer for a guy by the name of Sugar Ray Robinson. And when um, Ali fought Jimmy Ellis, Jimmy Ellis had Angelo Dundee in his corner, and Ali asked Harry Wiley to be in his corner. So, I mean, that's. Uh, then we have, of course, amateur boxers of the year, professional boxers of the year, you know, coach of the year, and uh, man of the year. Man of the year is Larry Hazard. The professional boxer of the year is going to be John Thompson. He's won the Boxino tournament. You know, he's another, like, Cinderella man, really. Right. He came out of nowhere. And um, so he's going to be there. And, um, you know, stuff like that. So, and, uh, like I said, we try to keep the price down. I mean, dinners. Like in other states, uh, you know, they want well over $100. We keep it down to 85 you know, so. And the last couple of years, we got over 500 people. So, awesome. so we're doing pretty good. 
Do past inductees generally attend the banquet as well? Uh, some of them do. Um, you know, a lot of them live far away, and you know they can't make it, and they get older, and they can't do it. Uh, guys like Chuck Webner and Randy Newman, they're they're like mainstays. Uh, they come just about every year, and just uh, you know, you know they light up the place, you know, because they're very popular out of New Jersey. So, mm -hmm. and Harold Letterman, he comes every year with his daughter and. You know, Steve Weisfeld, the boxing judge, you know. So, you know, we have, you know, a small percentage comes, but, um, you know, it's a good percentage, uh, you know, as far as, uh, you know, we, we've inducted, geez, over 600 people, you know, in the Hall of Fame. Maybe, maybe 20, 25 people show up, you know, because most of them are probably dead anyway, but, right. you know, so... What was your most memorable banquet over the years? Well, about two years ago, uh, we had Mike Tyson come down, and Bernard Hopkins was there also, and that really lit up the crowd. I mean, uh, it wasn't, um, you know, the thing was that we inducted Mike and uh, said he was coming, and then we found out that he had... Uh, you know, promoter's license and was promoting a fight around that same weekend. And the weigh-ins were supposed to be that day. So I had to put out, Mike Tyson will not be coming. So that's what I did. And uh, <clears throat> 24 hours before the event, for some reason, his show got canceled. And I got a phone call that he was coming. So I hardly told anybody. And he's standing up, you know, where uh, the Venetian is, up, up the stairs, and, like in the darkness. And um, all of a sudden, you know, the next individual needs no introduction. And they went on, blah, blah, blah. And they go, oh, my God, you know, <laughs> you know, thought he wasn't coming. And, you know, the place went wild. And, uh, you know, and, of course, with Bernard Hopkins there, too. I mean, that was really something. We had, uh, like, Wesley Snipes come to our dinner, you know, a couple, you know, several years ago. See, he made a big hit also. Do you have a favorite New Jersey Boxing Hall of Fame induction class? Well, you know, it's, I don't really don't have a favorite because they're all, you know, they're all unique in its way. You know, um, I wasn't there for the first one. You know, I started coming around in the late 70s, so it was already maybe nine or tenth one that I, 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 um, I was there. But like I said, two years ago it was really, really nice because uh, we got a lot of, a lot of publicity out of it and, uh, you know, put New Jersey Boxing Hall of Fame on, on the map, more or less. How long have you been collecting boxing artifacts and memorabilia? Since I was a kid. <laughs> you know, I, uh, like I said, when I came home from the foster home, I was like eight years old. And then um, I think that was actually almost not, I was almost 10. And just before my 10th birthday, well, around my 10th birthday, I think I got a couple of dollars or something like this, and I went to the store and I bought my first Boxing Illustrated magazine, and um, that started it off. So I guess you would say 1958. What's your favorite piece in the collection? Uh, boy, favorite piece in the collection. See, I like, like the old stuff. I like all the ticket stubs that I have, and it goes all the way back to the 1800s. Uh, of course, that Mike Tyson statue downstairs is, uh, 
is very unique. You know, you have, um, you know, the first Ring magazine, you know, not a copy of it, it's the original magazine, which is, which is really, you know, really nice. And, um, you know, I do have all the championship belts, you know, that's, that's something else. But, you know, if I had to pick one, I just like the, you know, the old time ticket stubs. It just, just kind of, you know, it's history there. You know, somebody, somebody grabbed that ticket to get into a fight, you know, and I got a whole slew of them downstairs and, you know, kind of brings back, you know, memories, that's all. Right, right. Those are very cool. What period of boxing history do you find most interesting? Oh, well, I guess the, the 20s were really interesting, and that's when it was really booming. Like, if you look on, um, you ever grab a hold of the New York Times of uh, July 3rd, 1921, right on the front, front page, you'll see Dempsey knocks out Carpentier. Now, right on the front page of, of New York Times, now there was eight columns there. Six of the columns had the story about the fight. And every one, and the bottom says, continue on page four, continue on page eight, blah, blah, blah. And in the corner, it says, the president declares the war is over. You know, meaning that this fight was more important than the darn war, you know? I mean, that's how, how great it was. But, you know, I guess, you know, the 20s, the 30s, and 40s, that was the biggest, uh, biggest eras. I mean, it was great fighters even before that, like the Jack Johnsons and the, you know, uh, James J. Jeffries and stuff like that. But there's very little film on that, so. Who is your all-time favorite boxer? Muhammad Ali. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's your all-time favorite fight? Well, well, the first fight I actually seen, and that really hooked me on boxing, was the Archie Moore Von Durrell fight. Moore was knocked down like three times in the first round. He was knocked down again, I think, in the fifth round. Then he got back up, and he knocked Durrell out, you know, in the later rounds. And you know, that kind of got me hooked on, on boxing. That's the first memory of ever that I ever saw, and that happened in 1958, so in December, I believe it was, 58, and that was voted as the fight of the decade. Of course, the Corrales-Castillo fight was, you know, I mean, that one round, I mean, that was just, you know, one of the, one of the best, and of course, the Hagler-Hearns fight, I mean, and that fight was uh, probably the best three rounds of boxing, you know, you'd ever want to see. I mean, it was just two two people just giving everything they got and right. boom and uh, so oh, it's hard to narrow down one but them three are, are kind of right up there top three yeah in your opinion who is the greatest pound for pound fighter in boxing history uh, I knew you were going to say that <laughs> <laughs> you know you can't go wrong by having Sugar Ray Robinson you know Sugar Ray Robinson um, you know he he, he fought 200 times, you know, he won almost 180 of them. But uh, if you look, you know, like, if you want to be critical, uh, out of them 200 bouts that he had, uh, 58 of them were against world contenders. So that means all the rest were, weren't world contenders, you know. So there's always, um, you know, you could pick apart anybody's record, but you can't... Um, you know, you're not going to go wrong picking picking Sugar Ray as the all-time best. Some people say Henry Armstrong. You know, I would say um, 
Sugar Ray was probably the best welterweight champion of all time. I don't think he was the best middleweight because I think he was a, he was past his best. You know, they said, well, he went against Joey Maxim for the light heavyweight title, but when he went against Maxim, you know, Maxim, I think that was his hundredth fight, and he only had like 20 knockouts, so he wasn't a big puncher. And Robinson can outbox him, and that's really what he did for the first 12 rounds. And then he got heat stroke, and you know that was it. So, uh, but um, you know, I mean, like I said, there's no right or wrong answers. I mean, um, best middleweight was probably uh, Harry Greb. The best heavyweight was probably Muhammad Ali. With Joe Lewis, very close second. So, you know. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a favorite boxing historic site, memorial, or monument? Jeez. Uh, well, we we have put monuments up for uh, for fighters in New Jersey, like Tippy Lark and Joe Burrell, Ike Williams, uh, Jersey Joe Walcott, like you were talking before. I mean, all of them are, are are just great. I you know I think I said Ike Williams. But, um, you know, all these people, you know, they're great, great monuments, you know, they, they, um, they're put in a place where people can see them from the town and people come around and say, who's this guy? Yeah, I didn't know this guy lived here and he was a junior welterweight champion in the world back in 1946. And, you know, all the monuments are, are really great, you know, but uh, I guess... You know, the bigger ones, you know, like the Joe Lewis and stuff like this are, are you know, are really outstanding. You know, I mean, that's a, that's a different level than uh, we, we give. We can't afford to, to do that. And it was up with the Joey Giardello monument in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. I was up there when they, they put that on, and that's magnificent. And uh, right. they're going to do one with Joe Fraser now. Right. And, uh, you know, that's supposed to be... More so, so yeah. I saw the pictures. It's gonna be at uh, Xfinity Live near the stadiums. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's you know, but they're in a different ball ball game. We pay a couple thousand for ours. They pay a hundred thousand. <laughs> yes, right. You know, so. <laughs> Do you have any boxing books that you would like to recommend to my listeners? Well, the boxing books, the ones that um, Pollock, I guess, uh, puts out. They're they're great because they, they give the history of, um, of uh, you know, all the heavyweight champions. And he started with John L. Selvin. I think he's at, he went, to, I think he's up to Jack Johnson now. In fact, he wrote so much about Johnson, he had to make two, bo- two books out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, and stuff there, you, you know, you'll never, um, you know, you never find anywhere else. You know, and uh, if you really want to get into the history of stuff, see, I like the trivia stuff, you know, uh, the quiz books or, or the one the little short stories like In My Corner, like Peter Heller, you oh, know. Right. But they made a mistake in there, and I told him, he says, Ike Williams didn't fight Carmine Fatter in his first fight. You know, he forgot <laughs> for a guy by the name of Carmen Foti. So, but, but the book is good because they interviewed, you know, they went around and interviewed all great boxers and they put little short stories so if you you know if you want short stories that's that's the thing if you want to sit down for a month you can read that read the the ones that Pollock did so right right 
I understand that you are also a ring announcer for amateur and professional bouts in the area. What do you most enjoy about being a ring announcer? Well, I like introducing people at ringside, you know, because a lot of times they're, they're forgotten. And, uh, you know, don't get me wrong, I enjoy going into the ring and introducing, let's say, a young amateur fighter, you know, I try to give them the build-up, you know, and, you know, and, um, you know, first boxing out of the ring corner from Elite Heat Boxing Club, then I announce their name, you know, and then, then his opponent, you know, bum bum. But if a guy is in, like, say, work in a corner or something like this, like I was saying before about a guy that fought Bernard Hopkins for the middleweight title, and he also um, was the only guy in the world that beat uh, John the Beast Mugabe by a decision. And um, and I, you know, just recently at a pro show, I, I says, um, you know, the guy was hit with a harder punch than either one of them gave because he was hit with a massive stroke. He was laying on a canvas, and the big man in the sky was starting to count. But you know. But a true champion like he was, he pulled himself up off the ground and he beat that count. Now he's fighting back. And let's hear it for the fighting fireman from Newark, New Jersey, Bo James. And the crowd just, uh, you know, goes wild. Is there a ring announcer, past or present, that you try to model your style after? Well, there's no, you know, they, they say I, I sound like, like Michael Buffer, you know, when I do my stuff, you know. But, uh, you know, I always liked Johnny Addy. You know, he was, he was uh, the first ring announcer that I remember from Madison Square Garden. And, you know, he, he, he loved principles, you know, and, you know, straightforward. Now it's more of a show, you know, mm -hmm. with, uh, with Buffer and Jimmy Lennon Jr. But, uh, like I said, I don't, I, it's just my style. You know, everybody has their own style. And a lot of people, like, uh, I, I emceed, uh, or I, I made a presentation to this guy, Valentin, that's being inducted in a Hall of Fame in Irvington. And, uh, you know, I used my ring announcing voice and I did my thing. And um, <clears throat> the mayor, you know, made a comment in the paper the next day. He said, oh, the fair was great, especially that guy that introduced Valentin Contreras. He made it sound spectacular. He reminded me of the guy that says, let's get ready to rumble, you know. <laughs> and, you know, so, you know, I, I like Johnny Addy, but they say, you know, I'm, I sound like, a lot like Buffer, so. Right, right. Okay, the next few questions come from Twitter, Facebook, and my blog. This question comes from Twitter. Do you believe that the Manny Pacquiao versus Floyd Mayweather fight was good for the sport of boxing? Well, it brought attention to it. I just wish it was a little bit more exciting. <laughs> you know, you know, if it, like uh, I think the fights that are coming up, you know, in the next couple of months are going to be much more exciting than that. But it did bring attention to the sport. And anytime, you know, they always say any news is good news or something like this. But, uh, you know, the casual fan, if they paid to, to watch the pay-per-view and see, saw that fight, they might get turned off, you know, because, oh, man, we paid this much money, you know. Right, and people right. were clamoring to get tickets for that fight. You mm -hmm. know, I think it was the atmosphere more than the fight that kind of drew everybody there. But the fight was a little disappointing as far as action goes so mm -hmm. you know you know it, it would be hard to say uh, you know it's probably not as good as it could have been you know not as good as it could have been that's the only thing I could say you know it could have been a lot better and it could have if it was uh, let's say Triple G you know fight or even Canelo against Kodo 
you know, if that fight had the same buildup and the same people going to watch it, I think, I think uh, you'd have millions of more boxing fans all of a sudden because I think that fight is going to be, you know, the two fights are going to be just outstanding. You know, that's people want to see blood. They don't want to see, you know, even though I enjoyed it because, uh, you know, I enjoy, you know, you know, Mayweather, his defense and everything, and, you know, he's thinking all the time, but most people aren't going to do that. <laughs> right, right. You know? I agree. Um, this next question comes from Facebook. What is your prediction on the upcoming mega fight between Canelo Alvarez and Miguel Cotto? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, I just ring announced a show in Jersey City, and uh, Cotto was there. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. So, you know, and he was such a nice guy. He came <laughs> in the ring, you know, he shook my hand, and he thanked me, and all this kind of stuff. And so I'm, I'm probably going to root for him, but <laughs> I think um, Canelo is going to win. I, I just um, feel that he's coming up. And Cotto, even though he's, they said he has improved in the last couple of fights because of Freddie Roach, it, you know, you've got to see who he's fighting. You know, you know, right now, this will prove it. I mean, if he gets by Canelo, then, then he'll, then I think he's really going to be, you know, you know, back and maybe even better than he was before. But, he, but Canelo, he's an up-and-coming fighter. He's improving all the time, and you know, I, I think he, he has the edge. And Canelo looked good in his last fight. Yes, yes. Even though he, he, he got hurt. I think in the first minute of that fight, but that again, if if uh, if a guy wanted to see boxing and saw that thing for that fight, they'd be they'd be hooked like I was with, with the Moore and Darrell fight. That mm -hmm. was the first fight I ever saw on TV, and I'm saying, oh my god, <laughs> you know, right, right. this is great. Of course, of course, it took like 40 years to get another one like that, but you know. This next question comes from Facebook. Are there any current fighters that you believe fight fans should pay special attention to? Well, you know, Triple G, of course, you know, he's uh, a little guy by the name of Gonzalez is really good, you know. I mean, there, there's so many that are, that are coming up. And, and I think um, there's one guy over here in Hasbrook Heights, the next town over, you're going to hear a lot about because he was in our amateur program. Mm -hmm. and they, they call him, um, uh, well, his name is Julian Rodriguez. Right now, I think he's like 10-0 and 0 with nine knockouts. He's fought at the Garden already. Wow. I mean, he... He, he's coming up, and um, he was actually Manny Pacquiao's sparring partner a couple of years oh, ago. Okay. So uh, you know, he he was like he won over 20 national junior titles when he was an amateur, and he turned pro at the age of 18 when he he won uh, I think uh, national Golden Gloves, and he came in second in uh, the nationals, and you know just missed going to the Olympics. You know he's. You're going to really see a lot about him. You're going to hear a lot about him. Okay, this next question comes from Twitter. Do you have any plans to open an official New Jersey Boxing Hall of Fame museum? Well, a lot of people have asked me that. The thing is that if, we, if I do, where am I going to put it? And then I have to have it manned. You know, you can't just uh, leave it there. And, um, you know, that's the problem. If, if uh, you know, you can display it somewhere that... People, you know, people come in, they, they take everything. I mean, that's, that's the big problem. And, you know, right now it's in my house, and, um, you know, I know where it is. I mean, people can come and see it if they want it. 
but uh, my old, my really dream was to, to get a place and we can uh, kind of display it, you know, properly. But then again, how are you going to pay for it? You know, and it's just, just kind of, kind of hard. Right. Right. You know? Tell us how people can make donations or contribute to the New Jersey Boxing Hall of Fame. Well, we have, um, like I said, a banquet every year. I mean, they could send checks to, to my house made out to New Jersey Boxing Hall of Fame. Some people make it out to Henry Haskell, which is <laughs> just a no-no. You know, I said, oh, man, you know, what do I do with this now? But uh, make it out to New Jersey Boxing Hall of Fame. And it does do a good thing because uh, we have a lot of old-time fighters that need help. I mean, you know, I remember when I used to work, I worked for PSE&G for 37 years, and a lot of times I would stop at old fighters, every week, in fact, I would stop at several old-time fighters' houses around Jersey City, Newark, uh, Bayonne, Hoboken, and go in a house just with a bag of groceries, you know, and and these guys just light up, you know. And a lot of times it came out of my own pocket. But, you know, New Jersey Boxing Hall of Fame now is running pretty good. And we have money. Like, like there was a couple of people that passed away. And uh, the wife, you know, said that they didn't have any insurance just to bury the guy. Right. Yeah, I had um, a funeral director call me up and uh, tells me the price and tells me what's going on. And I'm saying, geez, you know. So... I said, okay. I said, let me see what I can do. And, you know, we had money in our kitty and we paid for his funeral, you know, and stuff like that. And so, you know, the money goes to something good all the time. And we, we do a lot of charities, cancer societies, and, you know, kids. We, we had thing, one kid for leukemia, you know, we supported. I mean, this goes on and on. It's just um, even... Just recently, Howard Davis Jr. Uh, came down with lung cancer. You know, never smoked in his life. And, he come, you know, Thursday we had our meeting, and I suggested that we give him, you know, a $500 check. You know, so I got it upstairs. I just have to mail it out to him. You know, stuff like that. I mean, you know, but uh, anybody that wants to con contribute can uh, just uh, contribute to my house. It's 59 Kip Ave in Lodi, New Jersey, 07644. And uh, you know Henry Haskup, and then just make it out to New Jersey Boxing Hall of Fame. <laughs> That's all. Okay. Is there anything else you would like to say to my listeners? No. Uh, well, you know, boxing, you know, had a downward swing, and a lot of people blamed it on uh, mixed martial arts. Mm -hmm. You know, mi mi actually, maybe mixed martial arts improved boxing. And well, what I want to say about that is that mixed martial arts was a lot of show. Right. You know, a lot of, I mean, you know, everything was a big, big show and they did it really well. And I think the promoters, the big promoters saw that and they got on the wagon and they're starting to do the same thing. And they did it for the last couple of years. And still today, boxing, you know, the, the highest paid athletes, you know, Mayweather, he, he was mm -hmm. the highest paid. And Pacquiao was the second highest paid. So how bad can boxing be? But of course, you know, you know, the... The little guys, they don't get much money, you know. Like I run the, the New Jersey Association of USA Boxing, and we, we have to raise money trying to get people, kids, 
to different states, like, you know, for tournaments like Las Vegas, uh, uh, Reno, Nevada, Washington, uh, you know, sometime, uh, you know, I have to reach into my own pocket to do it, and I try to get the money back, you know, through, through donations and everything. But, see, it's more than just boxing. You know, you're taking these kids out of a ghetto and taking them maybe to Colorado, and all of a sudden they see nothing but mountains right. and, and the beautiful scenery, and they come back and they're like overjoyed, saying, holy crap, you know, he said, I never knew it. there was a world like this, you know, out there. So, you know, even the, the coaches, you know, you try to, try to, um, you know, tell, you know, the way they act to their fighters. You know, sometimes they, they act kind of um, indifferent, so, you know, be a nice word. And I, and I go to them, I, I said, you know, some of these kids, they come into the gym they don't have no father figure. Right. You're the father figure. And, and now, if you act like a jerk, guess what? They're going to grow up and act like a jerk, and they're going to teach the next generation to act like a jerk. Mm -hmm. But if you act responsible, you know, hey, like the old commercial, here, here's a lifesaver. You know, put your arm around the kid. Show them some love. And show them the right way of doing things. And, you know, only four, like I heard there's only like 4% of amateur boxers turn pro. So that means 96% don't. And, you know, and... And the thing is, if you do it the right way, they're going to grow up and they're going to teach the next generation, whether it might be, might be boxing, it might be football, it might be baseball, it might be just their family, you know, their kids. So I remember when Joe Blow, he was my trainer in boxing, he took me on my wing, he taught me this. Now I'm going to teach my kids the same thing because, you know, I really like that. And that's, you know, the kids need, need support, you know, and, uh, you know, they're our next generation and... Um, you know, when we're old and gray and maybe gone, maybe not you, me. <laughs> you, know, you know, these these are the people that are going to take over. Right. And, uh, you know, my my whole thing was, like I always tell the story, like when I was in a foster home in Newark, I was in Newark foster home for for a while, and, um, you know, every year at Christmas time we get a gift, and this time I got two gifts. And opened the one up, and it was a scarf. I said, I didn't order a scarf. He says, well... You know, the lady comes over to me and he says, well, he said, oh, I guess you're wondering, you know, how, why you got this. And I says, yeah, yeah. It was only like eight or, I think it was nine. And uh, she goes, he goes, well, this old guy comes, comes walking past here all the time and stops and he looks in. And, and everybody looked in. And we were like, <laughs> like in a cage, like, you know, you know. And uh, he says, he saw you running around. He came to the door and says, hey. I want to give it to that little kid, a blonde-haired kid with the runny nose with the jacket open all the time. Said, oh, I know who you mean. And my name was Bruce at the time. I'm going to give it to Bruce. And I never knew who that guy was. But the more of the story is that somebody cared about me right. when nobody else did. And my goal is that maybe years from now, somebody will be standing at a, at a podium or something like this and saying, you know, years ago, there was this guy that was in charge of boxing. He changed my life. I can't remember his name, but he made a difference. And that's my goal. So That's awesome. Very impressive. Henry, thank you for sitting down with me this afternoon to talk history. That does it for this segment of Let's Talk History. Check out the New Jersey Boxing Hall of Fame online at njboxinghof.org. Again, that's njboxinghof.org. The New Jersey Boxing Hall of Fame will hold its 46th annual dinner and induction ceremonies at the beautiful Venetian located at 546 River Drive in Garfield, New Jersey.
The event will start at 7 p.m. on November 12, 2015. Tickets are priced at only $85 per person. Check out their website for more information. The link to their website is posted on the blog and Facebook. In our next segment, I'll tell you about some upcoming history events. On October 17th and 18th, Al Savalin of the Matawan Historical Society will be conducting the annual tours of Rose Hill Cemetery. Tours on both days will go from 2 to 4 p.m. The tour costs $10 for adults and children are free. On November 8th at 2 p.m., Al Savlin of the Matawan Historical Society will be talking about Matawan during World War II. The event will be hosted by the Women's Club of Matawan. The event is free to the public. Finally, make sure to mark your calendars for the New Jersey Boxing Hall of Fame dinner on November 12th at the Venetian Hotel in Garfield, New Jersey. The event begins at 7 p.m. and tickets are $85. Further information such as addresses and contact information for all of these events can be found on my blog. Do you have a history event that you would like promoted on my blog and podcast? If so, please contact me via Twitter, Facebook, or on my blog. I will be happy to promote your event free of charge. That does it for the second episode of the Matt Ward History Experience. Thank you to this episode's sponsor, Dystrophy. Make sure to check out their new album, Wretched Host, at dystrophyband.com. Again, that's dystrophyband.com. That link is also available on the blog. I would also like to thank my guest, Henry Hascup of the New Jersey Boxing Hall of Fame, and you, the listeners. Last but certainly not least, I want to thank my good friend Peter Lloyd at One Stone Recording for providing tech support for this episode. I can be reached on the blog, The Matt Ward History Experience, at mwhistoryexperience.com, on Twitter, at RevWarBuff23, or via my new Facebook page. Until next time, I'm Matt Ward, and this is The Matt Ward History Experience.